This is the Family Culture Project, episode 46, cultivating places of comfort, beauty, and peace in our home with guest Christy Pirafoy. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you to live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. In a world of constant chaos and conflict, our homes can be places of peace where souls find rest. We all crave a place of refuge for beauty, for comfort, and according to this week's guest, the art of creating such a place is called placemaking. Today, I'm talking with Christy Purifoy about her new book called Placemaker, and I had never heard that word before, but after I found out what it meant, it completely resonated with me. This idea of putting down roots wherever it is that you live and making that house a home. Yeah, no, it's, it, first of all, really cool name, I think, as well, in the sense that as it relates to family culture, you know, you're making your home with purpose, so it's your place. So it's 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 your place of, of being most of the time. And I'm curious, when it comes to our house, what makes you feel like this is a place of refuge? And then maybe tell me what you think it doesn't make it feel that way. Well, I think there's a couple things. Um, well, I, there's a lot of things we could choose, but a couple things. Um, I'll, I'll go back to when we first moved into this home. One of the first things we did was, as funny as it might sound, is landscaping, right? We we love our home, but part of our home is the indoor and the outdoor space. So when you have three children, you can't stay inside all the time. We had a nice piece of property, but not very nice outside. You know, a lot of people think about everything inside the home, fixing everything inside the home. We were saying, let's let's fix the outside so that we have this indoor outdoor space. So so we spent time cleaning up the yard, taking down overgrowth, creating green space, um, and just creating an, an atmosphere of joy. In my mind, it's joy because it's you can enjoy it. It looks nice. It's pretty. With a little effort in in that way, you can make the place. <laughs> on purpose, something that you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I think most people would have immediately renovated the inside and not the outside, but we knew what we wanted that this home to be for our children. And so we put the effort and the intention into that first. And it really did quickly make the outdoor space a really pleasant space to be. And I'm, I'm so glad that we did that. Well, one more thing. The little things that we do, I think, actually make the place on purpose as well. And and that goes for the things that sometimes we don't do versus sometimes the things that we do do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of the little things that we have done with the kids and ourselves about um, the intentionality around chores and owning the home and everybody's responsibilities that in large part most of the time Mm -hmm. makes our home in general a pleasant pace place to be come Mm -hmm. home to enjoy relax um enjoy company uh, you know enjoy the company of Mm -hmm. others one thing very important to us is to have a home that's ready to entertain at any time right Mm -hmm. so we can have somebody over last minute so to me that's an important part of how we make our place. Mm -hmm. I think that giving the kids chores has definitely given them ownership over their house. Like for example, they have all three kids share a bathroom and 
I make them clean it up. They have to clean the sink. They have to clean the floors. They have to clean the showers. But I think it really does give them ownership over their bathroom and they begin to take care of it because it's theirs and not because it's mom and dad's and we're using it and they take care of everything for us. And so this idea of placemaking, this idea of stewardship, this idea of taking care of what is ours is a beautiful idea. But when it comes to family culture, it needs to be something that's consistently part of your family yeah. culture, consistently done, consistently making sure like hey it's saturday like let's uh, yeah, clean I your was, bathrooms <laughs> I, I was gonna say the consistency part i think is the key there and it doesn't mean you're getting it right all the time but it's the consistency of doing that so i think of the places that i've lived over the years and no matter what budget i was on and no matter where i lived i can see a thread in my life of making those places my home of placemaking so for example in my dorm room one of the things that we did i don't know if Um, my dorm room had these concrete walls like cinder block walls that were just painted right and we literally went to the local walmart and we got um like border tape with a flower that we put like all over the top of the room so it had a border and then we had like a matching bedspread and there were like details that we put into that room that when people came by that first those first couple days of moving they were like oh my gosh that's great i never thought of doing that like that was something that i saw growing up my parents did not have the money to like pay people to take care of the house but like that was what my parents did like my dad was out there on the weekend working in the yard Um, my dad was you know doing things to clean up the deck and create a garden and so even inside the home they were they were constantly taking care of the home but I and I don't mean that in a oh my gosh that stinks that's you know they were always working I mean that in a way that says they were always taking care of what they were given and they they passed that down to me because you know, in my dorm room, I clearly did it. And then when I moved down to Atlanta, I had no money, but I thought like if I could just afford some paint, I could create an accent wall in my living room. And I was able to like take my little flair and bring it to every place I lived. I wish I knew you during um, my college time. (laughs) Could have made my my dingy dorm room a lot like cooler place to be. Yeah. We talked a lot about what's um, true for the home. But I also, I read this book recently called Legacy by James Kerr. It's a story around the legendary All Blacks rugby team from New Zealand and and examining the extraordinary success of that team's culture. And the one thing that stuck with me, which I, I steal and use a lot now, is one of their mantras was sweep the sheds. So what sweep the sheds really means is that From the star player to the worst player, they're all responsible to sweep the sheds, more or less. Meaning, keep their place, keep their their team's place consistently cleaned. And it's not the cleaning crew doing it, it's the team doing it. And it's that camaraderie of the team being responsible for each other. And the importance of that and the importance of the legacy of that team that really builds this sense of culture... But it's it's the humbleness that everybody has. Everybody has to put in the effort. It's not the star player has helpers and the and the and the lower player doesn't. It's everybody is is more or less. I'd hate to say it is equal per se, and not mm-hmm. maybe not equal in talent, but an equal footing on the mm-hmm. team. And I thought that was amazing. So this idea inside the team of sweep the sheds it builds culture by creating unity and a sense of ownership. So it's that team's version of placemaking, which I love. And placemaking will look different for everyone depending on you, your unique family culture. And so um, 
Like, for example, for us at this season of our life, plaques making looks like having a landscaper do our our lawns and having a landscaper, like, you know, make the yard beautiful. And there are times when we'll have the kids get involved with, like, cleanup or mulching. But for the most part, right now, it looks like someone else taking care of it for us. But on the flip side of that is that my husband does laundry every Saturday. He does this task that is seemingly um, as tedious and boring and well it's boring for me but um, it's something that he does and that's how he takes care of us and that's how he loves on us and that's how he takes care of this home but like I think even our kids can see like the excellence and the like for lack of a better word pride that you put into doing this thing that just needs to be done and that for me is a huge example of placemaking because I never want to set the tone in our home that like doing the work that needs to be done is a bad thing and that life is all about getting to the fun stuff. I think that beauty can be cultivated in the everyday things. I think camaraderie and unity and and even memories are created in the everyday tasks of taking care of the place we live. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's important for the kids to see that doing a chore isn't drudgery, mm-hmm. <laughs> that doing it with some level of satisfaction and joy and then and it's just consistent and there's no complaining around it it's just getting done Mm -hmm. and then they can rely on that is important yeah so in this interview i want you guys to listen to christy's voice as she talks about her home and what they've built there where she lives um you can just hear the love and her voice for her family for the things that she does and even the place she lives and i think that her perspective is so refreshing because it takes us from having having to care for the places we live to getting to care for the places that we live do you want to know what your loved ones really think of you we've created the family retreat packet to help you connect with one another and get honest feedback on how you are doing as a family it's like a 360 peer review but for families it takes the guesswork out of planning because it includes everything you need to host your own family's retreat such as a sample itinerary a packing list and activity suggestions go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and for only $4.99 you can download the family retreat packet and host your own family retreat be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com forward slash shop to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with Christy Purifoy. Christy earned a PhD in English literature at the University of Chicago before trading the classroom for an old farmhouse, a garden, and a writing desk. She is the author of Roots and Sky, A Journey Home in Four Seasons, and lives with her husband and four children at Maplehurst, a Victorian farmhouse in southeastern Pennsylvania. Her lyrical reflections can be found at christypurifoy.com. Christy, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. We have a mutual friend, and so I've been following you for a very long time, and I read your first book, right? Your first book, remind me what it was called again. That's right, Roots and Sky. Yes, yes. So to finally meet you and have you on the show is such an honor. Oh, thank you. Well, it's a real honor to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. I love the concept behind your podcast, so I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, fantastic. So you've written a new book and it's called Placemaker. So what does that word mean? And then who do you believe are placemakers? That's right. Well, I feel like I was a woman in search of a word for a long time. <laughs> you know, I loved, I loved my home and I loved caring for my, my, the places that I share with other people. But a word like homemaker, 
you know, we use it pretty specifically. It comes with a lot of baggage and it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily feel like the right word for a lot of us. So I was always looking for a word to sort of sum up, what is it, this thing that I love and I do and, and finally came up with placemaker. So when I say placemaker, I just mean um, anyone who is caring for a place, tending a place, sharing that place with others, and also letting that place nourish them, letting that place mm-hmm. change them and, and bless them. I think placemakers are people who are willing to sink their roots deep into a place, even if they know that they'll be moving on, even if they know, hey, I won't be living here forever, but I, while I'm here, I am willing to, to sink in and really be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the, po- the positive sense that that has, because oftentimes as wives and moms, it's kind of like homemaker does start to feel like we're just taking care of anybody, everybody else. Like it's right. not, it's not a word that makes you feel like you're nurturing or cultivating or digging in or, or doing something that has real value and of real importance. Exactly. And I think this placemaking work, uh, you know, as we talk about it, this will come out, but it's, you know, it's not just the work that the mom is doing or the wife mm-hmm. is doing, you know, it's mm-hmm. work that that um, partners can do together. It's work even that our kids can be involved in. It's work for a family. It's work, for, you know, if you're if you're yeah. not married and you don't have kids. I mean, this is this is work that we can do together with our neighbors and in our communities. So um, it's it's just a bigger word. I think a yeah. bigger umbrella for these things we're talking about. Oh, it absolutely is, and I love that about it. Um, yeah, because not my kids, my husband can't get off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us about your place. Your place is called Maplehurst. So tell us the story and about your family and how you found it and how you're making a place there. That's right. Well, we have lived in many different places. We've lived in small towns. We lived in the big city of Chicago for many years. We've called all kinds of beautiful places home. But almost Mm -hmm. seven years ago, we came home to this old farmhouse called Maplehurst (laughs) here in Pennsylvania. We just had this idea that we wanted to live in a place that that needed our care, that um, you know the whole family could be involved in, you know, taking care of and cultivating, mm-hmm. and um, also a place that would be big enough to share with other people. Um, hospitality had always been a part of our lives, and so mm-hmm. having a place that where that could, you know, we could do that just more naturally and more easily. And um, so it's been in many ways a dream come true. It has also, like many dreams come true, been so much harder than we ever expected. It's challenged us and shaped us. But um, that's part of the story I tell in Placemaker is that places really can transform us. Places really can can shape us if, if we let them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's been a big part of our story here, here at Maplehurst. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been there? And you've done quite a bit of renovation or just restoration or what have you done with the place? We have, you know, when we moved here, it was, we, I think we were really only able to do it because we thought that a lot of the work had been done and it had, but mm-hmm. um, as you know, anyone familiar with old places knows that list, you know, just goes yeah. on and on and there's always hidden surprises. So it did require a lot more work than, than we realized, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm grateful that we didn't know everything we were getting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've continued to, to restore and, uh, you know, just, um, care for it. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's challenged me in the sense that taking care of an old house isn't necessarily practical, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. always make, it rarely makes financial sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it can feel like a very foolish thing to do. And yet it is, um, I feel like it's love 
taking form, you know, it, it's my love made visible for my family, for mm-hmm. guests, for the people who come and stay here, you know, as we care for this place, as we cultivate mm-hmm. it, as we make it more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's just one way of, of um, you know, making love more tangible in the world. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Well, we live in a home that was built in 1932. Mm-hmm. So old by most standards, I think. Um, and we, we lived in it for a good couple years before we did anything to it. Cause of course we first moved in, we had all of these big ideas about what we wanted it to become. And uh, someone's advice was to just live in it for a year and figure out like what works and what doesn't work. And I'm so glad we did that because what would have been um, like a playroom is stayed the sun porch that's screened in, you know what I mean? Like little things, like we did get rid of the kitchen, which cabinets were original <laughs> house that were falling apart. And we did get rid of that. And, and we did a renovation and added on, but we really, we really stayed true to what was here because we felt like it just spoke so much, you know what I mean? Like to history, yes. to, I- to who was here before us. And, um, the cabinets look almost the same, the, plumbing fixtures we tried to just match everything and just bring it back you know like give it some life I think there's so much wisdom in that and um, I do write a lot about the the you know being willing to listen to a place mm-hmm. and not simply just impose our will on a place yeah. I feel like uh, place making you it, it requires a certain amount of humility and I that's something I have learned <laughs> slowly and you know over many years because I always I didn't always have that that more humble attitude to my place but you know what you're saying reminds me as well that I've learned also the gift of um of of limits so in the sense Mm. that I can't you know if I could have moved in and snapped my fingers and made all the changes I wanted to do because I had endless funds and endless time and so on Mm-hmm. Um, I realize now looking back, like you, I would have made all kinds of mistakes because yeah. it takes time to really know what a place needs and, and what yeah. will really serve it best and what will serve us best. And, mm-hmm. and so it requires, um, there's, there's wisdom in being patient, but I admit I'm, I, I still, re, you know, I can still resist that and I still mm-hmm. want those quick and easy changes. And, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, I, but I know I've learned it's not best. It's not the best way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've had the unique experience of um, actually just three weeks ago, someone knocked on my door and he was like, so my stepdad, my step grandfather built this house. He's like, so we lived here 60 years ago, like an older gentleman. And so I kind of gave him a little bit of a look around and um, we still actually know the woman who lived here for 42 years before we built it. And so she came back with her grant, not built it before she, yeah, before she lived here before we lived here. You know what I mean? Um, I and she, she came back with her daughter and her granddaughter to see like, like to see the house. And so just that such a testament to people and how they feel about their homes when they set down roots and they experience life there. Right. Even if you move on, like you've carried some, some bit of that, that home with us. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's so true. We've had the same experience with people knocking on the door and you know, it really does make it clear to you that we, we're not ever really owners, right? We're mm-hmm. not, you know, the end all be all for this place, but we're, we're caretakers yeah. and a line of caretakers. And I think you really have a sense of that when you live yeah. in your home, but it's always true. It's true no matter where we live, but mm-hmm. we really know it when we live in these old houses. Yeah. So can you tell us about the positive effect that placemaking has had on your family? 
Yeah, you know, it's really, it's a thing that sent us to Maplehurst. We were living at that time, before we came here, we were living in Florida and the suburbs and um, the, the family culture there was, you know, very much um, circled around kids' sports and, you know, lots of activities. And so we were participating in that. And so we just kept feeling like it wasn't quite right for our family, um, that we wanted not just to watch our kids be involved in their own thing, but we wanted some mm-hmm. shared thing. We wanted to share something. And so placemaking here at Maplehurst has really become that shared thing. And it's mm-hmm. not it's not always beautiful and easy. You know, when I, send my, <laughs> when I send my boys out in the winter to go, you know, take water to the chickens or, uh-huh. you know, to gather eggs, or if I ask for help in the garden, uh-huh. um, or if I say, hey, we have people coming to stay with us for a few days. I need some help cleaning up. Of course, I get grumbles. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, um, I know that my kids feel like they're needed here. I know that they feel like um, this is really their home too, mm-hmm. that they're yeah. participating. Um, I know that even though I know I have some kids who are a little more introverted, more solitary, I know they still love having other people at our dinner table. And, mm-hmm. and they love seeing guests even at, you know, breakfast the next morning. So um, so it's not always easy. It's not always natural, you know, but I know that, um, yeah, that we actually have in these years since moving here, we've, we have created this, um, sort of shared sense of belonging and this, um, shared sense that we are all needed by this place. Mm. And, um, and I hope, you know, I don't know what effect that will have on my kids as they, as they continue to grow up and move on. I don't, yeah. you know, sometimes my, my oldest, my daughter tells me, mom, I'm never living in a big old house. It's too much work. <laughs> I'm going to live in a tiny apartment. And I think, you know what? Maybe you will. Like, I yeah. bet, but I bet you'll take good care of that apartment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah. I was thinking that. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so we use a lot of language that has to do with cultivating and nurturing when it comes to our family culture. And you use those kinds of words too. You call people gardeners, right? You say we're all gardeners, but I'm sure that a lot of people were like, that's not me. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, more about that? That's right. I always love to tell people that. And then they say, but I don't have a green thumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I certainly um, don't. You know, and it's, it's true. I don't think we're all need to be out there growing tomatoes or growing roses like I love to do. Uh-huh. And yet the things I have learned in the garden about just the, the absolute importance of that daily tending that daily care, that daily, you know, watering and feeding also Mm -hmm. the rhythms of life, you know, the seasons, um, you know, that we need these periods of rest and and barrenness before new life can grow. I mean, everything I've learned in the garden, um, I feel like is, is telling me something true about our daily lives. And I, I, one thing it it has taught me is that um, the most ordinary tasks, of tending, keeping, caring, whether it's, you know, washing the breakfast dishes every day, sweeping the floor, you know, those things that we are so repetitive, right? That we just do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, even telling our kids the same things that we've been telling them, you know, you know, week in and week out. But that's actually how the work gets done. That's actually mm-hmm. where, you know, how the harvest grows, you know? we So, you know, right away in a garden, if I don't do that daily work, I'll have nothing to show for it. You know, nothing mm-hmm. will grow in my garden except weeds. And yeah. it's true. It's true for us as well. It's true in our families as well. But I think instead of um, what I what I think about that is instead of that making us feel like oh no, you know, one more burden, one more obligation. Instead, to me, it's really um, inspiring 
to remember that these small, ordinary, sometimes tedious daily tasks are the real thing. Like yeah. it's so important. And, and over a lifetime, that's where all the most, you know, beautiful things grow out of that. So it just mm -hmm. it matters. It matters so much. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I say we're all gardeners, you know, that's really what I'm talking about. Most of our lives are spent in those small tasks of yeah. keeping and caring and so yeah. it's a real, um, you know, it can be really an eye-opening experience to realize, oh, no, this is the stuff that really matters. Even if we have yeah. our, our big plans, our big dreams, our big visions, those things are good, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not as if that's where life is. Yeah. Life is in this, this daily yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really good for me to realize uh, just how much it matters and um, gives more purpose, I think, to, to the tasks of each yeah. day. Yeah, I think as we know how to grow our food less and less, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we become detached from the process. Right. And, you know, as my kids started getting older and we really started to learn about family culture, it was, I, you know, I, I, there was a number of years where I felt like, oh, like it's just me taking care of these kids and I'm at home and I'm, I was like trying to write and I was trying to do something that mattered. Right. 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 Quote unquote, you know, volunteering at school, trying to do all these things. But when I started to like get into culture and I looked back over the things and specifically the things that I actually got right, it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was the little things that I did with them every day because I didn't know what else to do. Mm. And it's in those areas that they have strength and that they're strong. And it, and it was eye opening because I don't think that many of us don't enter into things thinking I'm going to take small steps every day to get to where I want to go. I think we think I'm going to do this big thing and I'm going to, you know, be fast and furious to make it happen for myself. And that's not really where the the beauty and the connection is. Exactly. That's well said. I mean, the most beautiful gardens only grow because someone is doing all mm -hmm. the little tiny jobs that add yeah. up to this beautiful garden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can be just so easily detached from that process. So just remembering, oh, it's in the process. The process is where the value is and the yeah. goodness. And um, yeah, so, so important. Yeah. So what has been your biggest challenge to your life of placemaking? And then share with us what you've done to overcome it. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing for me has been remembering that things that feel so impractical or maybe even a little self-indulgent actually matter. So when we talk about placemaking, an important part of that for me, I think, is cultivating beauty. And beauty, it's so easy to say, well, that's just the extra. That's, you know, mm -hmm. the, the frosting on the cake. It doesn't really matter. And yet I have learned that beauty is, um, again, it's like our, our love made tangible, made visible. And so when I take the time to, you know, light a candle at dinner or put a little cup of flowers on the table, it can be really mm -hmm. simple. When mm -hmm. I just take those small steps to, to make a space more beautiful, then everyone who enters into that space can see the love, you know, feel the love. Mm -hmm. receive the mm -hmm. love. And so, yeah, I think the biggest chance for me has been putting in time, effort, money, always money. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and yet saying that, okay, this, this can feel foolish. This can feel um, impractical. This can feel, um, you know, indulgent. And yet this is, this stuff really matters and it's worth it. It's worth the time. It's mm -hmm. worth the money. Mm -hmm. um, but the world will not tell us that, you know, the world will say, 
be more productive, be more efficient, you know, go, 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 and doesn't really have time for beauty in the way that I think we're, we're meant mm-hmm. to take time for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, learning to t- tune out those messages and tune in to what my heart is saying, which yeah. is this really does matter. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This was incredible. Oh, Kimberly, thank you. I've so enjoyed it. You can find Christy at her website, www.christyparafoy.com. She's on Facebook as Christy Parafoy Writer, on Twitter and Instagram as Christy Parafoy. You can find this and everything we talked about in the show notes. The Family Culture Project has a great website, but do you know what's an even better one? My wife's. She's been at this blogging thing for a while now, and she has a lot of smart things to say about faith, family, and community. Aw, thanks, babe. When you're done listening to this episode, head over to KimberlyAmici.com and see what I'm talking about. And don't forget, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. Hey, that's my line. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.